coming to you raw and unscripted. Beaming across Ontario and beyond. To places like Port Glasgow, Woodbridge, Minden and Renfrew. This is the Real Hickson Real Estate Podcast. Whether you're listening on your commute or putting on your suit, whether it's your morning stroll or you're on patrol, you just finished prayer or drop the kids at daycare, you're in the bar, your car, or listening with a bathroom door ajar, near or far, this is the Jess and Jero Show. We're grateful for flattery and prone to inaccuracies. This is your guide to Toronto culture, people, events, news, but most importantly, real estate talk. It's high noon in the town of the GTA real estate market. Tumbleweeds cross the path as two cowboys are in a standoff. On the one side, the sheriff's sellers twirl their thumbs above their holster. The town ain't as lucrative as it once was. On the other side, the new guy in town. And after seeing the mortgage broker, the buyer has a few less bullets in his gun, but could still be ready for a shootout. Tune in in about two to four weeks to see how it all unfolds. <laughs> okay, that describes Jess, things. Jess, <laughs> what, what did you think of that? I've got to turn that into something. Uh, yeah, it's a really picturesque way of describing I thought the I thought that was a masterpiece. Guys, welcome to this show. Um, as, as you could probably tell, um, you know, the show is titled the GTA 4 market standoff. And so I just wanted to do a little fun intro in regards to that. Did you feel like you were there? I felt like I was there. Yeah, yeah. The tumbleweed was passing me by. You heard the tumbleweed? What about Mm -hmm. the whistles? I think I was on point for that stuff. Yeah, it was very well done. Okay, well, I'm glad I got your approval. Yeah, and my attention. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yes, you didn't tune into any weird uh, podcast. You are here for the Hickson Real Estate Podcast and original he, recipe original recipe just straight up um non-scripted well that was a little scripted yeah. to be fair <laughs> that's about as scripted as it gets here but we are here um today to give you you know usually these podcasts are more about concepts um we have a few little concepts in here today but it's mostly about just a market update because we are really at a threshold here a precipice if you will uh, really at a very interesting point in the market mm-hmm. that we will chat about. And, um, you know, as we usually say, we don't have the crystal ball. I wish I did because it's going to be very interesting for market. It is already. It is already. We will get that into a second, but we have bigger news. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> we have bigger news. Guys, if you haven't already got some puppy therapy from our latest post, we have Alfie in our lives now. He's the sweetest little... Westy, new edition. Um, sweetest when you see him, but when he's home and he gets bored enough, he starts doing the biting, <laughs> and it's sore. But it's um, you know, it's beautiful puppy love. Yeah, we love him. We love him. <laughs> he's a little sweetheart. And for those of you who are curious out there, he's actually Bo's half brother, same mother, different father, seven years apart. And serendipitously, Bo was the first of the litter. And Alfie was the last of the litter. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that cute? Isn't that sweet? Yeah, and they're best friends. And they are best friends. Uh, Bo growls a little bit and says that he gets annoyed with Alfie, biting his face and stuff. But 
I think he secretly loves him. You can also follow along on Alfie and Bo Instagram. Oh, that's a plug. Yeah. What's the account called? Sorry. Alfie underscore and underscore Bo. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And you just you you posted some stuff there. I think yeah. I've seen a couple of photos. Well, that's fun. Uh, don't you follow me? I uh, yeah, I do. I do, but I just I, I got to get more into it. Uh, okay, so let's get into some real estate talk. Enough Alfie talk, Jess. Yeah. You always going on about him. Yeah, me. Okay, so what is what is happening? As we've kind of prefaced, you know, it's it's a very interesting market. Now, what people aren't talking about is the fact that. You know, there are much better opportunities and a much more balanced market than it has been in the last two years. Yeah. Buyers are able to be picky and have time and mm-hmm. think things through and not just play by emotions. Like they can use yeah. their you know, logic. The, we've had, you know, offer presentations and, uh, you know, the bullies and all this, all this kind of negative um, seller pro news that it's nice to hear that the buyer has a little bit of positive views in, the, in you know in their favor. Now, obviously, the the only other thing negative in that situation is that the interest rates are hot, much higher than they have been. Um, but we're going to get into to talking about that as well. Um, basically, there are I'm looking at three very different markets. In Toronto, is one market. You know, as we all know, the the outer GTA is another market, and then obviously cottage country and and you know kind of rural Ontario. Is, is a much different market. So we are seeing um, a massive pickup in activity in Toronto, Yeah. across the board. Mostly the townhouses detached, semi-detached, mm-hmm. okay? So we are seeing, um, you know, across the board in all three markets, we are seeing um, a, a huge pickup in new listings and active listings. Yeah. This includes homes that were kind of sitting and not selling over the summer. We did definitely have sales over the summer and good stuff was definitely selling for like a reasonable price, but some stuff uh, was has, has basically been relisted, which is uh, feeding into the numbers of, of new listings and, and current active listings. So we have in Toronto, the only thing I can see that's not selling as much right now, um, like the, the total sales is not following the new listing amount is probably the the entry-level condo market. Um, I think that the interest rates are kind of affecting the buying power. Yeah, first-time home buyers are drastically affected. And even people that are up up, kind of upgrading maybe from a condo to a townhome or like they were hoping to get maybe um, like a semi or detached, they're kind of having to sacrifice on like size. Yeah. And so they're they're more, maybe they're looking at maybe like a, a bigger condo, like a two or three bedroom condo or like a, more like a loft style or, or something like that. So we are seeing that um, the 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 sale amount is going up. And the only way to explain that really is that more expensive condos are selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we go into the semi. I mean, look, the semis are kind of always in demand. It's always, uh, especially in Toronto, um, there's always a good market for that. The detached stuff is is selling as well. Um, there is definitely been a little pickup in the in the interest. Um, and when we start shifting to outside the GTA, we get into much more balanced markets. Yeah. Uh, a lot a lot of listings coming out. A lot of inventory. A lot of inventory out there. Uh, stuff is still selling, but the way I always see these things is it's a ripple effect. Um, Toronto is you know usually the hottest area in in any market, and it will uh, it'll cause a ripple. Um, 
you know, if especially if the prices start going up again and there's less inventory, but the main less thing choice. is the days on market. Like things yes. are taking a little bit longer. Yes, like that's weeks, that's the main thing. But and things are still selling. It's just not selling one day on the market. Oh my god, give me yeah, all my I mean, money. That's the thing. Like we're so accustomed now to things. You know, going off a presentation, selling within a week, and yeah. getting a hundred offers, or getting a bully offer, getting a, a preemptive in. offer, and oh my! But now we have to settle back into these. These are more real markets. Yeah. These, you know, whether that you call them the in-between markets, or you think it's going to get worse, or you think it's going to get better. This is, as we said, it's a more balanced market. It's actually more fair. You know, sellers have to be more patient. Yeah. in certain areas and neighborhoods. Yeah, and if they're looking um, for a specific price, like it is going to take a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, going back to the the whole standoff concept, this is really where we're at. We have sellers on one side, they've seen big prices maybe from March of last year or, or previously. They maybe are not as accustomed to the new prices. Um, you know, if you really look at the three-year, the five-year and the 10-year, we're we're way up to oh, where we were. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you've if you've had your home for at least three to five years to 10 years, you, you're doing well. You have to adjust to the new expectations, which is really on the other side of the standoff is the buyers that are, you know, some of them ready to buy. It's just that, as I mentioned, they've been to the mortgage broker and they just have less purchasing power. Yeah. It's not about the interest rate. Everyone is in a different position. Everyone will get a different rate and in a different scenario. But the reality is the buying power. But also if the sellers understand that they may not get as much for their home, but then mm -hmm. the thing that they go to buy may, it is also going to be, sell for a little bit less than it would have. So, yes. you know, you're buying and selling in the same market. Exactly. You're always buying and selling in the same market. And another interesting point is we don't know if maybe this is going to be a better market than like the spring market. I think a lot of people might be thinking ahead, oh, I'll just wait to the spring market to sell. But we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's always wise to deal with the market that you have in front of you rather than the unknown. Of course. You know, maybe you do have the inside track with, with you know, the, the crazy investors and economists of the world. And maybe you can listen to them. I don't claim to be one. I'm, I'm, I, I do keep abreast of the markets of the world and stocks. And even if you look at the stock world right now, it's a very, I wouldn't, it is uncertain, but it's just kind of like a, a holding pattern, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had tech boom and, and Toronto definitely has felt that um, there is technology and manufacturing coming to, to Canada, Ontario. And, uh, and yeah, it's just interesting to kind of keep abreast of that. But it's, uh, we're also, I feel like in a bit of a, a standoff in that regard as well. Some investors looking for, for bonds and you know, uh, GICs and all that kind of stuff and, and, and vice versa. But we're not gonna get too much into that. If we talk about the third market, which is the cottage country, uh, I just think we're seeing a real hangover out there. There's a lot of inventory. Like if yeah. you're in the market for that, you are like <laughs> lucky because yeah. there's a lot of choice. Now, you know, like the prices are still up over compare it to, you know, 2019 or before that. Oh yeah. You know, we had a, a fake market, you know, not a fake market, just like a, an outlier market, which was the pandemic that where everyone decided to move out to not only the suburbs or rural areas, but to you know, cottage, cottage areas country. even. Yeah. 
And you can, by the way, go back, go check out all my podcasts. I said there was going to be a hangover and that we're now currently seeing the hangover. And why are we seeing this? Well, I think some people struggled with being able to identify exactly where they would be with their job and their lives in three to five years. We're now in 2023, which is, you know, three and a bit years since the, the pandemic, really. Started. Depending, you know, since it started. Some people thought they could they could work at home forever. Some people moved out to other provinces that were much cheaper to buy yeah. and thought that they could hold on to their Toronto jobs. And employers, and I think I've mentioned this once or twice before, employers don't allow that now. Yeah. They say you must live in Toronto and get Toronto wages. Or you have to come into the office one or two times a week. And if you live two and a half hours, three hours away, it's not realistic. Yeah. Or there's, yeah, there's the hangover of moving to these um, smaller towns. And by the way, I'm always shouting out these small towns. I love them. We love to visit them. Um, especially like the coastal towns and the beach towns in summer. Um, you know, I've, I love personally myself. I've you know only been here for nine years. And uh, just discovering all these fantastic little towns, right, Jess? Yeah, we love it. Our little road trips. And now we can take Alfie on our little road trips. That's cute. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, these towns are fantastic. And I'll always say nice things about them. But the reality is, if you lived in Toronto before and you were used to a certain lifestyle with convenience and, you know, all these foods around you, this culture and entertainment and all these fun things to do... Some of these towns don't have nearly as much as that as maybe you wanted or you didn't realize you needed. And so, you know, people are moving back, as we said, for either work or they they kind of miss that old lifestyle. So I think, you know, we're seeing and, you know, plus international students are coming back. Mm -hmm. um, immigration is still um, at an all time high. You know, so this is kind of just where we're at in the market. Yeah, the Toronto market, the GTA market, we, is a completely different animal than now, outside of it. I think I, I like saying this stuff. If you if you're out there, whether you're renting or whether you're downsizing or any position you're in, just so you're aware, the most efficient home to be in in any market is a semi-detached, followed by, in my opinion, this is my opinion. A freehold townhouse mm -hmm. now these are you know it makes sense they're like the middle home for kind of the, the meeting ground for yeah it's not entry people. level and then it's not but if you're ever curious out there like what should i own like what should i where should i get to or where should i get back to the semi-detached like we're looking at months inventory and we're at healthy levels for uh most markets as we've been explaining but the semi-detached is still only at two months worth of inventory yeah, with lots of interest. With lots of interest. Just curious to see. Just curious to see. Um, so we talked about how, you know, right now some buyers are being kind of forced to make sacrifices. I think it comes down to money. But um, it's also the interesting part about this is, um, you know, some prices are coming down as well. So maybe things will become a little bit more affordable. Um, we've talked about in the past with getting pre-approvals where the, the interest rates are, the overnight rate, the prime rate, and then effectively the customer rate. If you're on a variable, it's pretty straightforward and it runs with, the, with those numbers, but the fixed rates actually will vary in regards to the bond yield. Now I follow the bond yields, the one year, the two year, the five year, etc. It could be a little mundane and boring for some to look at, but actually it does afford um, you know, affordability 
And it's basically looking at how much it takes for the lender or the bank to borrow that money in order to give that to you through the, the, the means of a mortgage. So it doesn't always mean just because the bond yield drops that you know fixed rates will drop as well, but it can be an indicator, can be an indicator. So just something to, something to think about. So Jess, with that being said, uh, let's talk a little bit about interest rates. Where are we at currently right now? The overnight rate, 5%. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, that's a big number. Well, what does that mean? Well, that is the prime rate is at 7.2%. So that is what the banks have on top of the overnight rate. Yeah. But you said something really interesting and when you were looking through the, the, the rate hikes. And what was that, Jess? That the most drastic increases actually started of, in July of last year. So everybody's talking about rates this year, but actually the, the really drastic changes happened in the last half of last year. Yeah. Like 1% was the first one and then half a percent and then half a percent. This year, they're they're really going up by a quarter. Yeah, but which now is crazy. It's, it's, but it, it's so high to begin with. So yeah. this is when people are starting to get more now, in the know about it. I've been following along since last year as a would-be or wannabe economist trying to try and track and understand what the Bank of Canada was thinking with these interest rate hikes. And I couldn't find anything conclusive. And if someone told you they knew they were actually lying, <laughs> the only article that I read that actually made sense is that traditionally these, these rate hikes were there to scare people into being more conservative with their money. But what was happening with inflation was people were still spending like nothing was changing, mm -hmm. which was the problem. Now, there's a few other factors. Um, gas prices, commodity prices, uh, you know, labor force numbers, etc. But we noticed how, just as you said, we didn't really start talking about interest rates seriously until kind of like beginning of this year. Beginning of this year, and by spring, people were freaking out. But then they held. But then they held. And then the market went crazy. The market went crazy. We had a big uh, spring market, mm -hmm. not huge, but it was pretty big. Yeah, for a few weeks. And then people thought, you know. Oh, that's it. That's kind of it. But then they rose them, and I think that scared people. I think that's what I think they said. That was well, the final. Yeah, and, and the people, like a switch went off, and people were like, well, what happens if they keep raising? Like they, we didn't think they were going to raise them this far, but now. So that article was literally like they're going to raise interest rates because we expect them to drop. Yeah, and that's the only really sense that I made from from that whole situation. Yeah, and so now they're going for not to be too boring. But they're going for like a soft landing is what they're calling it. Um, t trying to tame inflation numbers, all that. I think we've all heard that by now. Yeah, yeah. And this is not an interest rate conversation. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> and if you were not mortgage specialists at all, if you really want to talk this stuff and kind of future advice and where interest rates are going to go, et cetera, et cetera, uh, reach out to, to your favorite mortgage brokers. We've had a couple on here yeah. that we like. You can go back into those episodes and they have some... Like the last episode with with Sean was stunning. That was phenomenal. <laughs> stunning, yeah. Loved it. He's well, so yeah. insightful. He's, yeah. He's great. Okay. So we've explained the mentality of, of those kinds of things. We're looking at the numbers. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that, look, yes, we're going to see some distressed sales over the next six to 12 months. It's it's anyone's guess as to how long that goes on for. Um, it, that'll, that'll be to do with whether interest rates are slowing or going back down or, or whatever. We personally see it from time to time, but it's not 
really the case. We don't have a biggest issue as, as the US does. We have a lot of good things in place with our lenders, such as the stress test, et cetera, to kind of keep that in check. Um, but yeah, we will definitely see those things and it is bad and people are hurting. And this is why we did the, the interest rate chat uh, last time because, you know, people's uh, renewing, it's, uh, you know, even ourselves, it's the cost of living is going up. Definitely. But I wanted to give you a silver lining and just, just, a, just food for thought. The people that are hurting right now are the people that we've been complaining about for the last five years. Well, people having negative connotations against them. These guys are not, not the, the landlord that has one property and is leasing it out and, and leasing themselves or even someone that has one or two properties. We're talking about the big, big investors, the ones with 10, 20, 30 properties. Now, what was happening when interest rates were low, okay, those guys were doubling down. The, their assets were being overinflated, which means that their value of their properties were more, which gave them more leverage, which allowed them through the lenders to borrow more and to buy more and more and more properties. Effectively, you know, growing their assets and growing their wealth. Now we're seeing the opposite, which is, you know, going back to the numbers, which is why we're seeing the entry level condos are really kind of on sale right now, especially the one bedroom ones. Um, we are seeing assignments, for example, and um, not all of them are, you know, big investors. As we said, landlords come in all shape and, and forms. And but some some of the big guys are hurting. Now, I don't like that for them, for sure. And it's not great to talk about. But the reality is it means more inventory, more inventory for first time home buyers, people that would that were squeezed out of the market in the last few years for yeah. prices and now are looking at good opportunities. And although it costs more today to carry that place, or at least they're able to get into the market and hopefully if rates go down in the next few years, the cost to carry will decrease, but the price that they got the home for in the first place is a better price. Exactly. What do we always say, Jess? We say date, date the, the rate, rate marry and marry the, the price. price. <laughs> <laughs> almost almost, almost there. We almost got it. Almost got it. Uh, so what do we mean by that, guys? Well, yes, the rates are high right now. We get it. You know, you, you'll hear about the older generations talking about how interest rates used to be 16, 20%, et cetera, et cetera. The reality is rates will always go up and down. It's a cycle. And these aren't short-term investments. Unless you're looking to flip or make a quick buck, that's not the game. The game is these investments are for, if you want them to be, you can live in a single home, condo, townhouse, detached house for 30, 40 years if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Make some memories there for life. Now, you're most likely, especially the uh, stepping stone homes, as I call them, you're most likely going to be, you know, swapping them out and, and upgrading, etc. Every two, three, five years. That's mm -hmm. usually that's usually the game. Yeah. But the reality is this interest rate, if you average it out, I bet you the number is somewhere around high threes to four percent over the lifetime of the loan. Mm -hmm. And. The price, the price itself, as I said, if you're going to live there for 30 years, guess what? The price doesn't change. 
when you buy it, that's the price. It doesn't increase. It doesn't decrease. Yeah. Now, all, all the changes is when you go to sell the home, you may make some money. You may not make some money. That's, that's really it. Mm-hmm. So all the while, but from even, what we know, over yeah. over five, ten years, yes, real estate increases. Of course. Now, do incomes increase? Of course they do. Does the does the minimum wage increase? Of course. And all of these numbers, they they do increase. Now, if you look at since at least the eighties, like real estate hasn't really stopped growing. There's peaks and troughs, but we're in here for the long haul, guys. It's the yeah, same, same you're not going to make a hundred thousand dollars in one year like people were doing on a one-bedroom condo. Yes, yes. But you know, you pay down your mortgage and you move on to the next one after three, five years. Now, I always talk about the GTA, but Toronto especially. I always say that Toronto is a rubber band, Jess, under tension. Mm-hmm. Are you sick of me talking about this? Constantly talking about it. But did, but but do you agree with me? It's a rubber band under tension. Okay, if things go cold, it can snap and everyone jumps back in. Yeah. If it's if it's hot, if the market's hot, what happens to rubber? It keeps stretching, it keeps stretching. Mm-hmm. There's always potential energy. Now, unless you had some fatal flaw to the topography of of the GTA, let's say there was a sinkhole started opening up. We hear about cities and towns where this happens. Huge major flaws. This city is going to continue to flourish and and people are going to continue to come here. Especially with, with the way that um, companies are coming here now, opening up things, it's a safe option. Yeah. And, you know, we are experiencing some very volatile and strange markets in very far out rest of Canada. But for the very least, the GTA Toronto, it's, it's proven itself. It's always going to be there. Time and, and time again. Time and time again. And what's the one thing they're not doing? Building anymore, of Jess? Land. Land. Except you can go up, but that's the most expensive land that exists, which is the air. Yeah. Very expensive stuff. And that's the cost of... And Toronto's known that for many years now. Yeah. With the condos going up. But the reality is there has rarely been enough inventory. So jump in when there is inventory to purchase now. So that's right. So rather than, you know, just like Sean said last time, when everyone's being greedy, be scared. And when everyone's being scared, be greedy. If you have the means to do it. Yeah. Fantastic. And then call us. And then call (laughs) us. So let's summarize this. Yeah. Let's summarize this. First time home buyers. Yes. The interest rate sucks. But do it for one year. Do it for two years. Work out the monthly thing. Then say, can I make 12 payments of this amount? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, go for it. Have a good relationship with your mortgage broker. Again, we can we can always refer someone. And do what does it look like? What does it look like on paper? None of this makes sense. You always say this, Jess. None of these numbers make sense until you look at the monthly carry. Yeah, that's what matters. That's what matters. You look at you know whether it's maintenance fees of the condo or actually maintenance of a home itself. You you do the math and you think, okay, am I going to eat a little bit of cost for a little bit? And then in one to two years, when interest rates drop, I'll be back in front. That's the way to think about it. Yeah. And you bought in the low price cycle. Yeah, and there's there's not a lot of competition and there's there's more to choose from. Imagine this, Jess. You can go out for two weeks and look at ten properties. You can even go on a second showing. You can you even like. go on a second showing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can have all the conditions you want. Have the financing condition, have the inspection, 
you know, you would do, you would always do a uh, status certificate check anyways. Yeah. But even in the worst markets, buyers are being forced to forego that status check and they won't know what they were getting themselves into. Exactly. So you have a lot of leverage, you have time and, and, and space to breathe really and think about yeah, making so a, your big first choice. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. And you don't have to compete. You have to run around like headless chickens and, and be forced to jump into a decision you know what I mean? Yeah, so. Um, it's a similar similar thing for the upsizer. Um, yes, when you sell your condo or your smaller townhouse or whatever it is to make the next move, you may not be getting as much as you previously have seen if you if you you know look on some numbers or if your realtor was to give you give you those numbers um again all of these neighborhoods are different so please for individual advice please just reach out to us we are giving very general advice yeah but every every neighborhood is different Uh, like street to street street to street even so as your upsizer just remember that what you are buying is generally going to be more expensive than what you're selling so relatively, you're actually saving money yeah. that way. Um, similar kind of advice to the first time home buyer. Now, what would you say to the downsizer, Jess? Well, it depends on where they're going. Depends on where you're going. You may be in a similar similar boat. It depends what you, you're looking at on the buy side. This is very, very important because chances are, if you've been on your home long enough, you've definitely seen the profits. You've definitely seen your area grow in price mm-hmm. and you've been paying, you know, hopefully your whole mortgage off over 20, 30 years. Some people still have mortgages, but you still have a lot more equity than, than the typical person, yeah. first time home buyer or, or the upsizer. Yeah. So you do have that there. You know, what is your, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? Yeah. If you're going into the condo market after having a home, like Fantastic. you have a great opportunity. Yeah. Now, do you have to uh, readjust, you know, if you're looking at prices last year and expectations from last year, do you have to readjust your, your ideas? Yes. But as we said, over the three to five years, you've still done very, very well. 100%. Um, and I think um, just be prepared to be a bit more patient. Uh, it may take longer. You know, like just back in the day, it took, you know, 30 to 60 days to sell a home sometimes. Yeah. And people's closings, by the way, were 90 days. Now, these days, you can close in a week. Some people close in a week. A short closing is 30 days. The average, you know, the usual now is 60 days. Yeah. But no, days on market is is definitely something. We were expecting things to sell overnight, but that's not the case right now. And Three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. And what's the most important thing? Choosing the right agent. Most important. Most important. Now... You know, if we contrast it to, to February 2022, you know, any old agent walking in there, we call them a licensee, they could have they could have sold it, really, just by listing it. Not even putting a sign up. Sometimes. Not even putting a sign up. Not even taking it. The way they used to do it is do a drive-by and take one photo of the front of the house and keep driving. Yeah. Now, it, it is so focused on presentation, pushing it out, doing all the social media, all, that, all the videos. Now... We're not too narrow and hard, but we do all that stuff, don't we, Jess? We do. Check out our newest <laughs> listings. Check out our newest <laughs> listings. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is really important. And, um, you know, not to comment on any, any agents, but we, we see some poor presentations out there. We see some lackluster performances. 
And uh, now's the time to, to really care about your sellers and uh, really take care of them and do all of the right things that you need to do. Open houses, networking, all that kind of stuff, Jess. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we do. And, uh, and that's what it is. So downsizes, be patient. The good stuff sells if it's priced right and the market meets you. As we, we prefaced at the start of this episode, we're in a very interesting uh, mode here. We'll see how much the buyers come out. Um, it'll happen over the next two to four weeks. Yeah. It may even trail um, closer towards December, of course. Uh, usually, you know, traditionally, the two weeks just before Christmas, things, you know, obviously slow down. stagnate mm-hmm. and slow down and they'll, they won't pick up again until probably mid-January, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we will see what happens in the market. It changes like day to day, week to week. So we'll day to day, week to week. Uh, any final words, Jess? Um, don't give up. Don't give up. Reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. Because if you fall, you land. You land amongst them. Is that the? No, term? reach for the moon. Because if you oh. fall, you'll land among the stars. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. You're yeah, there's a there's a lot of questions at at the moment. So if you have one. For us, yeah, please yeah. let us know. Lots of you know negative media articles. I always talk about this. They're always out there to make a buck and scare people. But the reality is, the market's always good for someone and bad for someone else. Yeah, that's just that's just the reality. Yeah. And so, if you have questions, as we said, it, it's all very changing. It's all very dynamic, and it does change from from situation to situation. Please reach out to us, Hickson Real Estate Team at Gmail com or, or hit us up on the socials we've got some reels up lately we've got cute photos of alfie uh if you want um if you want me to send you direct alfie photos as a puppy therapy i can definitely do that mm-hmm. he's very cute and he makes you go on oh, quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, which is good for the soul and otherwise guys you know how to find us social media instagram facebook tiktok even mm-hmm. we're all there Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.